Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast, or welcome if it is your first time here. My name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian, and I am also the host of this podcast, which is a space where I share about all things nutrition, wellness, fitness, ED recovery, current events from a non-diet lens, because so much of what we see in the media and even what people share about is leaning towards the diet culture perspective. And whenever you're making a decision about how you want to engage with something, what you want to believe in, I always feel it's useful to just have multiple perspectives. And I hope that this podcast can be a perspective that you just add into your repertoire when you're deciding what works best for you. And every podcast episode is a little different in how it achieves this. Oh, I see my cat's paw coming in. Come on in then. Some episodes, oh, that is a bad echo. We're going to have to wait. All right, he is settled. But some episodes are very research heavy and very educated opinion heavy. Other episodes are more so discussion based. Some go over articles or current events. And every time the main goal is just to bring you actual validated and fact-based information. And I can't believe it's been almost a hundred episodes of Seems Like Diet Culture. It's just wild to me. And and it when I was looking at that, I was just reflecting on it and feeling so grateful. And I was looking at my Spotify for Podcasters review, which is so fun to see. And I just felt so excited and grateful for how many of you guys have joined in this year. And no matter if you've listened to one episode or every episode or something in between. I just hope you know how grateful I am that you choose to be here. And when I was thinking about today's podcast episode, I felt like I just wanted to kind of touch base with you guys on the state of diet culture. And this kind of ties into the very first episode I ever made for this podcast where I talked about is anti-diet the new diet culture. And so I thought it was fitting at this point in time to discuss the current landscape of diet culture and how I'm feeling about it, how clients and people I've been interacting with have been feeling about it, and what I think this means in general going into 2024. And I wanted to do this partially because I think it's really important to check in, and I feel like many of us could be feeling the same way, but I also just felt like this is what was coming to me this week, and Oh, guys, honestly, the past couple of months in my personal and professional life have been very tough. There's just been a lot of stuff going on, and I don't say that for any sympathy because I live such a privileged life, and I am so grateful for it, and I am so lucky to be in this position, and I would never, ever want that to get lost, especially in relation to everything that's going on in the world right now and in the U.S. and the situation that I know many people are in. So just know that in me saying that, I am not trying to act like a poor me. My life is so hard. It's just not true. But I feel like in dealing with some of these personal and professional challenges, It also just always brings me back to this point of remembering how weird it is to have this dissonance between 
feeling so grateful for your life and your friends and your situation and also still really struggling with something. And that reminds me so much of the days of my struggles with food and body image and exercise because I felt like I was living in this really wonderful life and yet there was just this piece of me that was always miserable because of these things that I was inflicting upon myself in those areas. And it's such a weird feeling, isn't it? How that can come up. And it honestly feels reminiscent of the environment that we are in right now with diet culture and especially how that shows up on social media. In the very first episode that I've mentioned of this podcast, where I talk about the anti-diet movement, I talk about how anti-diet and non-diet is a newer concept, and it's a revolutionary concept that is still quite small in size in comparison to how often diet culture is talked about and shared, and yet It's incredible that it's even present considering the typical state of our world and how we usually see food and exercise and body image and all this different types of stuff. And so it's it's been really cool since the start of this podcast to now to see the shifts that have happened and the awareness that has started to be increased in society around all of these topics. But I also feel like as I'm online and even as I'm posting online, there is such an element of exhaustion going on right now, I think for everybody, because it just feels like things are so polarizing. And I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I feel like when I go online, I see things that are the most diet culture they could ever be that are really popular. So the carnivore diet right now, extreme raw veganism, um, keto, or all meat, all, or all animal-based, Ozempic even. I'm not saying Ozempic is all diet culture. I have a whole episode on Ozempic where I talk through it. There are very real reasons as to why people use it. I'm also not saying it's a negative thing to use at all. But I'm just saying that that can all feel like there's kind of this one camp that is on social media. And then it feels like there's almost this other camp that is completely non-diet. I think I would even put myself in this, although of course there's kind of a spectrum to this, right? But totally non-diet, like do not do anything at all with food. Don't do anything with your body and trust yourself. And those things feel so contradictory. And when you're coming from the mindset of diet culture that I explained, even if it's not the carnivore diet or whatever it is, right? Like I'm just trying to use the most extreme examples. And then you're seeing this anti-diet information. I feel like it's just so hard to reconcile the two different opinions right now. And I know this because when I share online and, for example, say something like people online recommending that they drink, that people drink raw milk while saying that seed oils will kill you, that video 
to this day, even though it was posted, I think, no joke, three months ago, gets comments daily of people arguing about raw milk, about how seed oils will kill you, about how raw milk is healthy, about all of this different stuff. And to me, that doesn't feel polarizing. Like, that doesn't feel like this super non-diet opinion. But I think because of the current nature of diet culture and non-diet people within society, everything feels like it's almost an argument, right? Because to me, it's like, well, yeah, we have pasteurization. So most people know that drinking milk that is pasteurized is deemed as safer according to the research that we have. And we're not getting into the whole raw milk conversation here, but just using this as an example. But there is a whole host of people that just feel like that is so wrong. And ultimately, my belief is that every single person out there has the autonomy to choose exactly what they want to do. If you want to eat borax like people were earlier this year, that is your choice. I would not recommend you eat borax, but if you would like to, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that you can't because it's not true. You can do whatever you want. But I feel like the challenge that's coming up with this is that it doesn't feel like there's any winning right now for anybody because people are seeing all of this information and everything is so polarizing that even a middle ground can feel polarizing. You know, even saying things like, oh yeah, well, you can have a mix of all different things, you know, and you have to just find what works best for you. And then people are kind of using that in a way to weaponize either argument. And I don't think that there's a problem with people sharing what they want to share. I can't control if someone that doesn't have any credential or doesn't research things wants to share the way that they eat and tell people they have to do it. I don't have any control over if people want to say that they think think science is fake. There's been a lot of that lately. But I feel like what I do have control over is just trying to help people see that there is no right or wrong when it comes to wellness. And I feel like that's always the point that I try to share within my podcast is that there's really nothing that is universally true or universally not true because we are all so individual. And whenever you see someone online that speaks without any nuance, it's probably a sign that they are more concerned with swaying you towards what they think you should do than they are concerned about truly empowering you or guiding you to do what makes you feel the best. And this is always what I try to do with people in my programs, whether it be live unrestricted or one-on-one clients that I used to take. I always want to help my clients reach a place within their life where they feel like they are living their best holistically, mentally, emotionally, physically, in every way. And my angle with that for the client that comes to me is helping them to reach 
acceptance with their body, freedom with their relationship to food, neutrality, and also freedom, I was trying to think of a better word, with exercise. But at the end of the day, the way that we get to that point is so, 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 so different for everybody, genuinely. And it usually involves all different types of approaches. Yes, there are ways that we work on the physical things that we're doing with food. Because if you are still stressed about food, it's impossible to release stress and live your best overall life. But there's also emotional work that goes along with that and mental work that goes along with that. And I've never worked with someone out of almost 400 people and had those people end up or have two people end up in the exact same place in what that life looks like for them. You know, for one person, it could have been that they went from HIIT training every day and borderline kind of orthorexic behaviors and super type A rigidness and no acceptance for their emotions to not wanting to exercise in that way at all and just walking and having all foods that fit into their life, especially heavily focusing more on foods that they may even been afraid of. Let's say maybe in their orthorexia tendencies, they were never eating meat and now they found that they are eating some meat. That may not be a good example. I'm not trying to say that there's anything wrong with being vegan or vegetarian, Guys, I'm just kind of using an example that I've seen before. We accept anybody that is doing veganism or being a vegetarian for reasons that align with them and their values. So just please know that. But let's just say that happens and they incorporate those things that they weren't incorporating. Or carbs may be a better example. They thought they couldn't have carbs and that's a big part of what actually makes them feel well and they tap into their emotions and have more things that bring them joy right? On the other hand, we could have someone that was never working out and they think that they hate it and they never want to do it. They never enjoy it. It's horrible. And to go along with that, they feel like they can't find foods that make them feel energized and they find themselves in the cycle of not eating enough and then eating all of this food at once. And they feel like their emotions, they're just on this roller coaster every single day. And that person may end up incorporating movement into their life. They may find that they love doing a boxing class a couple times a week. And they really have enjoyed implementing a morning smoothie because it's easy for them to implement and it's simple. And they find that what they really needed to learn is that they are not their emotions and their emotions are just something that they experience. And so because of that, they then find more groundedness and don't experience that emotional variability in the same way. And they have more consistency with what they eat rather than having less consistency. And both of these clients can be experiencing similar emotions. They can both feel stuck. They can both feel lost. They can both feel like they're constantly obsessing around food and their body and their wellness. And yet they have totally different start and end points. And even two clients with almost the exact same start point usually have a different end point. And... I know that was a lot of information that I just went through, but I feel like what I'm trying to get at is just 
None of us are the same. And what's so exhausting about social media right now is it just feels like there is no, there's no variability and there's no nuance. And I personally struggle with this, guys. I personally struggle with this on my Instagram all the time because I'm speaking to anybody, but I'm especially speaking to this person that is struggling with their relationship with food and body image and exercise. And of course, that's inherently not going to be relatable or something that every single person understands. Some people may not be struggling, but still love the content. Some people may really be struggling and not like the content. Some people may be struggling and love the content. But I think what I see so much of is it's just stuff like everybody needs to be on the carnivore diet. And if you're not on the carnivore diet, you're doing the wrong thing. Or every single person's version of food freedom should look like this. And if you're not doing this, then you're doing food freedom wrong or you're doing recovery wrong. Or if you do this, then you're not anti-diet. Or if you eat a seed oil, you're going to die. And it's just like, why is it so extreme? And I feel like I have so much respect for all of the people that are fighting against diet culture and are anti-diet. I just want to make that very, very clear. They are revolutionizing the field. And I consider myself non-diet and anti-diet, but I just don't want to act like I'm someone that started that or really pushes that forward. And I'm not trying to say anything negative about it at all. I just think that there is very realistic ways that people are feeling worn down by the nature of social media. And I think it's everybody. It's not just one side or the other, because it just feels like with the current state of social media in the world, everything's just kind of like a ticking time bomb in a way. And you say one thing or you do one thing and next thing you know, it's blowing up. And so this really doesn't have much application (laughs) other than me discussing it and hoping that maybe for some of you guys, this feels validating or it resonates. But I feel like the takeaway would be to just remind yourself to be assured in what works for you and find people that you really resonate with their approach. That doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be anyone in particular. It just has to be who resonates with you. And I would always encourage you to ensure that the people that you are trusting are fact-based and you truly feel like what they're saying is valid so that you are led to be safe with your choices around wellness and things that can really affect you. But ultimately, it's 100% up to you what you do with your life and what you do with your body and what you do with food. And it's really about evaluating how things make you feel. And I just don't want that to be lost in the noise of the current wellness environment because I feel like it's getting so overwhelming that people are just almost wanting to opt out entirely because it's just too much. You feel so afraid that if you eat one wrong thing on one side that you're going to die. You feel so afraid on the other end that if you do one thing that isn't 
potentially, you know, seemingly anti-diet, then you're doing it wrong, or it doesn't seem like you can do intuitive eating, then you're doing it wrong. And it's leaving everyone just feeling like, oh, this is way too freaking hard. And so, yeah, I, I mean, maybe this is just all in my head. And now I'm just having a Vince session with you guys, but I hope not. I hope this is resonating with some of you guys, just in the sense that it can give you some reassurance in terms of the fact that you're not alone in thinking this, and also validation that trusting yourself and your gut is so freaking important. And anyone you work with should be helping you to get back in touch with yourself. Now, I want to give a disclaimer that if you are dealing with an eating disorder, this isn't something that may feel natural right away because yourself and your eating disorder, they may be muddled. Your true self versus eating disorder, I should say. And so sometimes there's an eating disorder voice that's telling you, oh no, you should do this. This is what's best for you. And it's really not. I mean, I dealt with that. I totally thought that eating this certain way was best for me. It wasn't though, you know, and that my little voice that was my true self knew that, but my overarching ED voice was telling me differently. So just know that sometimes in that process, it feels like you're doing the opposite of what you want to do, but that is different, right? But at some point in your journey, there will be a time where it's all about tapping into that voice. That's really who comes to me for Live Unrestricted. It's the client that, the person, it's not just a client, that feels like they have come really far, but they're still not where they want to be, probably because we still need to build that trust. We still need to build that holistically fulfilling version of your life. And that's what we do through food, body image, exercise choices, as well as mental, emotional changes in order to help you feel that way. So, oh, this felt very therapeutic. So thank you selfishly for being here and listening to me. I don't have a rating on our diet culture scale today, and I don't have much of a message at the end of this other than if you are interested in Live Unrestricted, since I talked about it throughout this episode, there is a link in the show notes, and we are currently accepting applications for an early 2024 round. It's going to be starting in February. So if you're interested in that, I would love to do a free consult with you. I do a consult with every single person that applies to Live Unrestricted to determine if it's the right fit because I want to make sure your time and your money are not wasted and that you feel really heard and seen by the group. Um, And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you sent it to someone, shared it on your Instagram story, rated or reviewed it on podcast or Apple or wherever you listen. Wait, did I just say podcast or Apple? Spotify or Apple. But even if you just listened all the way through, that means the world to me. So I hope I see you again in another episode. We have some exciting ones coming up and I hope that you have a good rest of the December as well. I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just going to down a rabbit hole. So we're going to stop. I'll see you guys next week.